Blog Talk Radio. This is the Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. I'm your host, pop art painter Jamie Rocks, and this is the big show. You found it? I'm so glad you did. Um, we have a cool little show we do here. We've been doing a couple of, uh, you know, doing it once or twice. You know, I think this is episode 1370 or something. I don't know. It, it's crazy. But out of all of those shows, one of my favorite people is back on the show today. Um, she is a fantastic indie folk and Americana singer-songwriter. And just really, really cool, turned up to 10, one of my favorite people, and just chock full of talent, man. And I'm so excited to talk to her again. So without further ado, I would like to welcome uh, Ariel Silver. Ariel, how are you? What an intro. What an intro. Can I just carry you around with me everywhere, all my shows, everything? Just wait. That's great. That's Thank you so much. That's what the Americana scene <laughs> is missing. Hype men. You guys need hype, hype men. men. <laughs> Come in. I'll be that wearing is... some, like, overalls. Yeah, boy. Yeah. <laughs> I like the overall image. Yeah, that's, that's good, too. <laughs> it would ruin Thank the you so much. vibe of the winery show. You know what I mean? Uh, that's uh, funny. <laughs> <laughs> Now, if I said I was going to like sit on a on a wooden box and play like a washboard or something with a quarter, then I'd be okay. Uh, but I'd oh yeah, you. for sure. Yeah, <laughs> washboard, washtub base. No, <laughs> we're making it I'm sound kidding. like the the music I play is, or you know, like we're making it sound like yeah. it's it's no, no, it's so it's, rough. But it's really um, nice. I love that kind of music too. <laughs> It's really nice. What it is, is I'll tell you, my uh, my sister-in-law and Will, hey, Will and Allie, if you're listening, um, big shout out there. They are, um, well, they're kind of yuppies. Uh, and I say that with all the love, you know, that, that I have uh, for them, which is a lot. Um, but they're really into, I don't know what you call them. They drink, they go to these places where they serve um, uh, really expensive beer, IPAs, or I don't know what it is. Um but it's like $16 for a beer. I think that's insane. Um, In Los Angeles, we just call that a bar. <laughs> that's exactly right. Yeah, wow. <laughs> See, exactly. I was going to say, you know. Um, but, no, it's just too much, you know. And there's always um, usually an Americana band in there that does nothing but covers. So you'll have some kind of a bluegrass cover of Hotel California. by the And everybody's into it. I'm not putting it down. I was into it, man. And uh, but they, mm. they go to a lot of places like that, you know, um, and they're very popular. Uh, th- those those places, the the uh, breweries and whatnot, at least in my neighborhood here in South Florida. Now you're for some reason, I I was reading on your bio. You're in L.A. I thought you lived in like Vermont or someplace, you know, like in a big hillside mid-century modern mansion or something. I had no idea. 
You know what? I, I like that imagery, and I will take that in the summertime. I will totally take that. Um, I did. Li- I lived in Boston. <laughs> I did live in Boston for a long time. Yeah, and I feel like musically, I I feel like um, you know the whole New England singer songwriter folk Americana um, scene that was immensely influential on my writing style. That was where I started writing songs when I lived in Boston. That was like the world I was in, and I moved to LA. Uh, 16 years ago, um, and I got to wow. say, our winters, our winters are awesome here. After living in Boston for a long time, I love the winters in LA. I will never get over it. Um, but yeah, musically absolutely. speaking, I think, I think, I think New England is still, you know, kind of my, um, I don't know, like my home base in terms of the kind of songwriting that I do, my my style. So yeah, I'm not surprised that you associate me with that. That Vermont home. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, like out Route Two or or no Route Two doesn't get to go. That's out west of Mass. I can't remember. I too lived in Boston. I lived probably not nearly as nice of a place as yours. Um, I lived in Dorchester, Dorchester, and um, I lived. I lived on Dorchester. I lived on Dorchester Avenue. I, I used the Dorchester really? stop on the red line. Yeah, I, I lived yeah. right over there. <laughs> over by, there used to be the best place in the world when we could afford it. We'd go every Sunday to the Harp and Bard. They had the best Irish breakfast ever. And, mm. uh, yeah, that was the best. We, um, matter of fact, I moved from Boston to San Diego, and I'll never forget because um, when I got off the plane, it was so crazy in San Diego. You get, you know, I'm coming from Boston. I've lived out there for a long time, six years or something. And um, I'm in San Diego. I'm getting off the airplane. And that, that thing, I don't know what they call it, that that mobile hallway thing that they attach to the airplane and you walk through it to get off, you know, and into the airport, had broke. Something was wrong with it. So they did it old school style and wheeled out like the the stairway, you know. So I got off the plane. I felt like Miss America or something, you know, and or I was in an old movie or something. And I smelt the the ocean breeze coming off the the, mm. the bay there in San Diego, and I'm like, yeah, Boston, who? I am home, man. This is fantastic. Mm. And I gotta tell you, I lived there for ten years. You know, I got booked as soon as I smelt, you know. Because I got to say, the harbor in Boston did not have that same San Diego harbor smell. <laughs> it's a <just did. laughs> Don't get me wrong. The clams were great. But once you've, ladies and gentlemen, you have to understand, once you've decorated for Christmas, you put up Christmas lights whilst wearing flip-flops, it's hard to go back to dig out the parking space for your car and put a chair there. Those from Boston will know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, but hey, you know, on a serious note, thinking about Boston, I was just I was just telling the story to my wife. I really hope uh, they don't get much of this Lee stuff that's coming at them. You know, this hurricane. I know they're not used to all that, and it's it's that stuff's kind of scary, you know. Uh, so I hope all the hatches are battened down to our Bostonian friends. Oh my gosh, it's crazy, it's crazy! <laughs> you guys just had a hurricane. Ariel? You, 
You know, we, um, yeah, Hurricane Hillary, um, there was much to do about it, and there were some areas that experienced significant flooding and road damage. But where I was, where I live, it was just a wonderful full day of rain, which is exceedingly (laughs) rare in the summer. Yeah, exceedingly rare at this time of year to, to have that and not that common at any time of year to have a full day of rain. So we actually just sat in the living room and kept the front door open and watched the rain the whole day. It was a Sunday, and I just sat on the couch doing my work and watching the rain. It was glorious. <laughs> now, did you and your, your partner, your husband, whomever, I, I don't really know, but um, did you guys – go buy a bunch of supplies and everything before, like the the lead up? Oh gosh. You know, I'm trying to remember. We did we did get the essentials. In other words, we got bananas and cheese and bread <laughs> and wine. I'm pretty <laughs> sure that's what we did to prepare. Um I love it. you know, and, and then but also I have a little she shed in my backyard and that's where I that's where I do pretty much all my work all the time. Uh, that's my rehearsal okay. studio, my yoga studio, my my desk, everything. And I did lay out. I did buy a new tarp for the roof and rolled it out ah, before that hurricane. Just because, in case. Yeah, because last winter was a very rainy winter, and the summer times here are so hot, and the sun is so direct that the tarp that I had up there, I knew that it was it had degraded. So I I bought a new tarp. And rolled it out, and um, no leaks in the shed. So I was very nice. happy about that. <laughs> See that that backwoods forethought uh, helped that's you right. out. Helped you out. Oh man, that's right. Well, that's, you know, that's, that's that. That's that New England grit right there, climbing up on the shed right. roof and laying out a tarp. That's right. We can't have the hot yoga studio. Get water in it, because then it wouldn't be hot. Uh, no, it's uh, I don't know if she does hot yoga. I don't. I don't even know what hot yoga is. There's a place down the street that they have a big sign. I, you know, I always see lots of people coming in and out of there wearing uh, tight pants and carrying rolled mats. Um, but they look pretty serious. You know, they're they look very, much they're very more serious going in than when they go and then they come out. They come out. Whatever mm. happens. Seems to have done them well because they all—they're all smiling. Um, Maybe so one day you'll yeah. go in there. Maybe one day you'll open that door and walk right in. You'll find out. Are you kidding me? They would—they would all leave. They're like, we don't need this guy in here. What's wrong? What is this? Who let that troll in? There's a bullfrog in here. Get him out. Um, now my wife's into all that kind of stuff. You know, she's—she's the—the she's the spiritually awakened one in our house. Um, about once a month, she will uh, you know, burn stuff, uh, get smoke all over me and the dog, and we just kind of look at each other and say, Mama, that's what she does. Um, <laughs> thank you, dear. We really appreciate it. <laughs> you, know, you know, I don't know. I've got so many. She has a crystal business, Ariel. I've got so many crystals oh. in our house. I, I feel like Superman in the Fortress of Solitude sometimes. It's, um, wow, what an image. I'm telling you, there's a lot of crystals happening in here, and they all mean something or other. I just smile a lot. You know, I, I don't know that much about it. But makes her happy, and that's just fine. Uh, happy wife, happy wife. There's a lot of truth to that, ladies and gentlemen. 
<laughs> That's right. And crystals are pretty. So at the very least, they're pretty. Exactly. You know, and it could be worse. It could be dirty socks or something. You know, who knows? Um, but she will hear about your she shed. And she's been, her thing is, uh, she's really into ceramics and pottery. And, you know, I'm looking, I look right to my left here, and there's a big pottery, electric pottery wheel thing. And the plan has been to build her a pottery. I thought pottery shed was just a store. I did not know that people actually have sheds that they commence pottery work in. Had no idea. Didn't have a clue. Um, but, yeah, that's that's a big project that's probably going to happen here next month. <laughs> yeah, fun, fun, fun. Which means Jamie is going to be building uh Oh, so, yeah, you got yeah. your project ahead of you, too, then. Um, I'm one of those husbands, and I'm always always got something going on, always got something well, going on. Well, I, I remember that when my 2020 album was coming out, A Thousand Tiny Torches, and you and I first met, and we had this same interview, I mean, different interview, but, you know, um, but I remember mm. you weren't there. You weren't. You were getting married. I think that you were gearing up for your wedding. Isn't that right? Mm. Did you get married in? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, I, yeah. It was right, right when COVID was happening. Well, I remember That's from right. our, our honeymoon, they closed down the country. Um, it was a week after we got married. <laughs> we were in yeah. um, at Epcot in Disney, and. Um, I'll never forget what we were eating at a um, a fancy steak Japanese steak place in there, and like you're, you're you know the guy comes out he's making a onion volcano and doing all that kind of stuff and we're all sitting me and a bunch of strangers and my wife sitting around you know just watching this guy cut this, these vegetables up and fry them or grill them and everybody's phones start going off and I do not hmm. carry a cell phone not because I'm cool or anything mainly because I'm cheap and I tend to lose things. So it just is smarter for my wife to have the phone than me. Plus, I don't want to talk to anybody. You know, they can call her. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, um, everybody's phones start going off, and they're looking at their, they're digging their phones out, looking at them. The colors draining out of their faces, and I'm like, what the hell's going on? Are the missiles flying? Do we need to get under this grilling table here? I mean, what's happening? And my wife's like, they're gonna close the park. <laughs> and I'm like, if Disney's walking away for money. It's serious. You need to get the hell out of here and get home. So we did. Wow. So you, know. you were you were at the park when they closed it down. Interesting. Yeah. Well, they were they were going to close it down like the following day or something. They gave you a day. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. We went home. We stopped at a Walmart on the way. Filled up the car like we were gypsies, and um, you know waited in line an hour and a half to buy supplies. I felt like I was still at Disney. You know. Um, <laughs> with the lines and And then, you know, we get home and I I watch too many movies. I wasn't worried about the health risks or and plus I have a million crystals in my house, you know. Surely it's time for these guys to start paying rent, you know. Um but anyway, uh we get home, everything's pretty well fine. I was more worried about the roving bands of mutants coming you know, me and my dog are patrolling the yard once every couple hours making sure our perimeter was secure. Nothing happened. Um, you know, that we were worried about that whole, how about you guys? What were you, you were probably playing a show somewhere or something. 
make it. Well, you'd finish well, the album. Well, it's so funny. I mean, you're, you're telling me you were you were not worried about a, a massive a global health crisis. <laughs> I'm like that's I, I wasn't worried personally, um, but I was. I'll tell you what. I we no we not only had hand sanitizer at the door. We had a can of Lysol. I didn't wear one mask. I wore two. I mean, you know, when when I went out and we came in, um, I we were pretty secure. Uh, so I wasn't that concerned personally for my, my myself, but it was scary. I was were you watching all those things, those people singing in Italy and New York and stuff? It's freaking me out. I was glad I wasn't there. Uh, the, <laughs> it was it was an anxious time for sure. Yeah. But it was I remember our, our interview that day um was, you know, such a delightful moment and it was a time when it was you know, I was it was everybody was in the middle of something because we were all just living our lives as we had been up until that point. So the the life that I was living, that I was in the middle of, was preparing to release that album. Um, and uh, and it must have been Here when you and I spoke. I think it was it was right when uh, probably the first or second single was coming out in the lead up to the album. Mm. And it's funny to be talking with you now, fast forward three years, because I'm re- you know I'm tomorrow releasing the. <laughs> Third single from the next album, the next album that's coming out in a few weeks. So it's, it's amazing. It's, you know, it's, yeah. It's, it's amazing. Well, you guys in California, you guys did it right uh, with the lockdowns. I'm in South Florida, so you have to understand, I am like, me and my wife are probably like, yeah, maybe my in-laws, they live a couple blocks away. Um, you know, the, the, there's just very few pockets of sanity here. And uh, <laughs> 20 minutes south of Mar-a-Lago, you know, so everybody, they were like, eh, I'm not worried about that. I'll just eat some green beans. I'll be fine. I'm like, no, no, don't touch me. Um, <laughs> I, I am not a hugger. I'm not one of these people, you know, I, I'll do the fist pump instead of shaking somebody's hand if I have to. Um, I was very happy with the six foot. I prefer 10 feet. Even today. <laughs> You're like, this is uh-huh. my world. This is my utopian. Yeah. <laughs> and now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. Hey, rockers. This is Stacey Lane Wilson, author and editor of the Rock and Roll Nightmares book series. I have a new podcast that features interviews with musicians, artists, authors, filmmakers, and music historians. In Season 1, I interview Phil Susan from Ozzy Osbourne's band, Scott Crawford, the director of the Cream Magazine documentary, Lisa S. Johnson, the award-winning author and photographer of the books 108 Rockstar Guitars and Immortal Axes, just to name a few. The Rock and Roll Nightmares podcast explores the dark and mysterious and sometimes funny side of music from the 60s, 70s, 80s, and beyond. Enjoy on RSS or anywhere you like to listen to podcasts. 
glittering amethyst, energizing citrine, colorful fluorite, the other side of the sun, Earth's treasures brought to light. Since 1999, we have offered a unique collection of hand-selected minerals and gems for every budget, for novices, collectors, and healers. Visit www.tosots.com to view our wide selection of offerings and use coupon code ROCKS, that's R-O-X-X, for 10% off your first order. Remember, T-O-S-O-T-S dot com, Earth's treasures brought to light. Hi folks, Jamie Rocks here. Hey, if you're a big fan of uh, historical, cool historical books uh, like me, then you're going to want to check out our newest uh, show sponsor, Michelle Albion. Uh, fantastic author. She's got some really interesting, cool books out uh, that you're going to want to check out. I'm a big fan of all of these. Uh, the Florida Life of Thomas Edison, the quotable Edison, quotable Henry Ford, uh, quotable Eleanor Roosevelt, and of course the quotable Amelia Earhart. Uh, Michelle's just very keen and, and very, very cool, um, and these are just very cool books. So check out her website. Uh, there's links to uh, where you can pick these up on Amazon and Barnes and Noble all over the place. Uh, MichelleAlbion.com, M-I-C-H-E-L-E-A l b i o n dot com michellebian dot com very very cool stuff check it out yeah I know where you live because I mean not exactly where you live but I graduated high school in South Florida I, so I've lived oh. I've lived in uh, in that area of the we world are just south of Boca um, <laughs> I could throw a rock if somebody in Boca I Beach I went to there. I went to a school, a high school called Martin County High School. That's where I graduated. Okay. Um, Stewart, Florida, right over there on the, okay, on yeah. the side of the state. Beautiful beaches up yeah. there. Beautiful. They do have beautiful beaches, yeah. Yeah. Hunch, Hutchinson Island. Um, oh, I had a yeah. Friend in, I had a friend in high school used to pick me up. I didn't drive yet, and um, my friend used to pick me up, and we'd drive over to the beach and, you know, just – to hang out at this beautiful, they called it the bathtub beach because there were a couple of barrier mm-hmm. reefs, or, or I should say, you know, I don't know if they were reefs exactly, but, you know, just like barrier breakers um, that would break the tide. And so the water at the bathtub beach was, of course, very, um, you know, very tame, very calm. It was beautiful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it, Florida's crazy. It, it's, you know, we... Which I don't understand, but you know, whatever. We're the weirdos on the block. You know, it was uh, we we were. I was very worried in 2016. I'll put it that way. I'm like, I just bought this house. I can't move to Finland now. What the hell's going on? You know, <laughs> I need to get out of here. You know, it was California was really calling me. Let me put it that way. <laughs> I I I I love. I love California, but you know I've lived in a lot of states, and I gotta say every state has its quirkiness to it. But um, for true. sure, Flor- Florida is a unique uh, a unique place, and you know 
not venturing into, you know, I don't mean it in, you know, we could, of course, talk about right. the politics and all that stuff of the state, but, but sidestepping all of that stuff, it's such a, I mean, the flora and the fauna, the, the animals and the plant life in Florida are so weird and interesting and unique and, um, you know, just the, just where it, the Florida Peninsula is situated in the world, it just has such a... It's- unique um, demographic of people that have come from all different, you know, you have like, you know, of course in the U S you have the folks that were born and they generationally, they're just Floridians, you know, that you have that part. It's part of the, it's part of the deep South, but also you have this influx of people from the Northeast of the U S. So you have that, like, you know, that whole energy and then you have the Caribbean um, you know, the Caribbean energy, and then you, you have, you know, of course, the, the beautiful Cuban population. It's just like this interesting melding of all these different cultures that come to that state, you know, amid the Everglades and the manatees. State. And, yeah, oh, it's, a, yeah. it's a unique Absolutely. place. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, and it's very – you you feel like you're in the south till you hit kind of that Orlando line, and then the further south you get – all the southern accents disappear. <laughs> you know, and it gets very cosmopolitan and very uh, South American area, you know, Central America. It's, it's all these different cultures. It's very weird. We were watching the news last night, or I was, my wife tolerated. It's one of the things when you're married, you choose your battles. You learn to tolerate certain things with your partner. And one of the things she tolerates with me, because I'm an old man, is I got to look at the news at least once a day just to you know, make sure the missiles aren't flying. And um, so I look at the news. I'm like, well, what's happening in the world here? Or really, more importantly, what's happening, you know, here in South Florida? And the big story last night wasn't politics, wasn't health stuff. I mean, there were the pepperings of that. But the big story was there was a, what they called a vervent monkey that had gotten loose in Wilton Manors and was running around trying to find a mate. And they were trying to catch wow. this monkey. That was the big wow. story last night. And if you see the monkey, don't try to catch him. You know, call the people and they'll come. I'm like, try to catch. What are they going to get? A string and a stick and a and a box and a banana? I mean, who's going to? Then I'm like, ah, we live in Florida. Somebody's going to try to do that. <laughs> you know, that's how it is. Uh, but anyway, I was. I'm so happy. This new, your latest music is amazing. Now, this is, it, the album hasn't dropped. It's called Watershed, which is a fantastic name um, for an album. Uh, it just, that's a good name, you know? Uh, it hasn't, when does it actually drop, or is that still to be determined? You're releasing singles to the lead up, right? Of the dropping of Correct. the Correct, yes. Yeah, the album drops October 6th, and I'm doing a big uh, nice. album release party here in Los Angeles. We're doing a big show, full band, and all kinds of fun fun things oh, wow. um, that, that I'm really excited about. And then it kicks off a tour. I'll be on the East Coast from North Carolina to New England, basically, um, for nice. the second second half of October into uh, November. So, yeah, the album drops on October 6th, and this That's week is the deal. third... It is, yeah. That's it's a, exciting. A big deal, <laughs> you know. Um, Ariel's been on the phone, ladies and gentlemen. Stuff has been, emails have been happening. Um, 
telling you, you don't just plan a tour or a big party, you know, and a tour at the same time. Whoa. Uh, that's amazing. That's amazing. Now, is this the first tour you've done since COVID and all that kind of stuff? No, I was on. Yeah, yeah, I was on tour in uh, June and July. I was in the um, Upper Midwest and on the East Coast in June and July. And last summer, I was um, last summer I was traveling from Washington D.C. up to New England as well. And then, you know, because I'm here in California, I'm always, um, you know, travel. I'm not traveling as much right now in California, but I do go down to San Diego, Los Angeles, and up to the central coast of, you know, it's beautiful wine country nice. up there and a lot of, you know, great, um, yeah. you know, great, great acoustic music lovers in, in this whole area. Um, and, and speaking of, you know, the pandemic and everything, it was these, like living here, um, because we have so many wineries, it was the wineries that you know, opened up first for live music. So I started doing a winery because exactly. So yeah. even before the music venues were open again, I was able to get back on the road. So yeah, I've been touring for the last couple of years now, um, once the winery started opening and then as more things have opened and as, you know, people's comfort levels have, you know, um increased mm-hmm. you know, I've been getting out on the road. So yeah. That's fantastic. I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear that. I have a lot of friends. I have, you know, I'm into all kinds of different kinds of music and stuff. And I have a lot of friends in the uh, the dance, uh, you know, the club scenes. I don't do that anymore. I'm I'm an old man. Ladies and gentlemen, here's a hint. You don't want to be the old man at a club uh, unless you own the place. Uh, and then you don't go. Uh, you hey, know, maybe maybe don't. that's your next career. Maybe who knows? Maybe you'll be that that club Ooh, owner. No, <laughs> no, thank you. But I felt so bad because I'm friends with all these DJs and stuff, and a lot of people I knew had just gotten like residency gigs and stuff when all that happened. And you know those places closed down. And the problem when you get a residency gig and you're not used to having any money is the first thing you do is go buy a bunch of expensive stuff, get nice apartments. <laughs> cars and things and if you don't have that income coming in those bills still come in and a lot of people went from having really nice stuff to not having nice stuff and not having to move back to the old apartments and stuff you know Um, Hmm. because they just didn't have the income but you you know I didn't even think about it the winery scene yeah that was very smart Ariel very smart I I dig that (laughs) Is that right? You know, very good. Well, that's cool, man. And October tour, that's awesome. You get to go, everybody, I don't care where you live in the world, the fall seems to be everybody's favorite because it's cool. You know, it's nice. You can wear good clothes. You can, you know, uh, unless you live in South Florida, I've been slightly less hotter. Um, <laughs> that's going to be a great tour, you know. Great. Now, when you do that, do you like rent? Like, do you have like a big bus you guys go on and everything, or uh, do you do a a, <laughs> a, a trailer type deal? Oh, we take my private jet. We take my private jet. No, mm. no. <laughs> I, I'm going to be on the road by myself. So I'll be touring. I'll be touring solo. So I just rent a car oh. and um, and drive around. You know, if it's on if it's in California, then I'm using my own car. But if it's on the East Coast, I don't. I have not. For a long, I used to do this actually. I I have done it, but not for a long time. Where I've 
you know, done a cross-country tour where I've gone, you know, mm. <laughs> across way. to the, yeah, it is. It's a big country, very big country. People don't realize it is. You know, I think what it is is because everybody jumps on planes and it's like, oh, I'm going to go to L.A. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, that's half a day of travel, you know, not a big deal. Six hours, uh, you know, and mm-hmm. I can get a Cinnabon at the airport. Not a problem. <laughs> Try driving it. Ride a Greyhound across the I've done that before. And, uh, oh. oh, gosh. <laughs> it's bad. It's like five days at the beginning of a Law & Order episode. You know what I mean? You're like, <laughs> oh, I don't want to be sitting next to the killer. Um, oh. <laughs> you know, it's bad. And, uh, no, for the, I'm kidding, people. Don't send me emails. For the most part, it's working class folks. Nothing wrong with that. Just trying to get home. You know, that's what they're trying to do. Um, usually, you know. Anyhow, anyhow. Um, it's very crazy, very crazy. Well, this is a great, this is great new work. I love it. And, um, you know, Ariel just, she, folks, I know there's people listening out here and, and you want to be, you know, you're a musician yourself and you probably want to be where Ariel's at. She works hard. You got to work. That's the big secret. <laughs> Um, Ariel, not only not only are you doing music and doing it well, but you also have a business. We mentioned kind of joking a little, a little bit earlier, but uh, with yoga and, and wellness and all this, right? Yeah, I do. I've been teaching yoga for about fifteen years now, and um, wow. and my sweetheart also teaches yoga. So during the pandemic, when all the yoga studios closed down, and imp- importantly, the studio where we were teaching closed. Uh, we opened an online yoga studio. So um, I'm going to be teaching an online yoga class later today and pretty much every day um, we both are teaching online yoga and then he's been getting out there and teaching in person at at a local studio as well. So, um, yeah, and it keeps keeps me connected to, um, you know, the philosophy that underlies the practice. It keeps me connected to that and thinking about it and, you know, gives me some daily exercise and, you know, make sure that I'm connecting with my community because they're showing up for class. And so it's easy as a songwriter and a musician to sort of, you know, just get, it's such a, you know, it takes so much, as you said, it takes so much effort to, to be a professional and touring musician. Um, it's really easy to just bury your head in your music and, and your work and just do that. But the yoga teaching really keeps me, lifting my head up and it's like, oh yeah, okay, let's, let's take an hour off, away from the computer, away from the guitar, whatever I'm doing that day. Just roll out the yoga mat, breathe, move my body, <laughs> like come back to being human. <laughs> and then it's, it's such a great r- refresher. I, I tell you this week, I had a, uh, I've, I've been having this weird thing in my hand, my left hand, my non-dominant hand. Don't worry, collectors. It's not the hand I paint with. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have this weird, and it, I, it sounds really weird. My middle finger will get stuck, and, and it, it just it hurt. It pops back into place and hurts. And I was 100% sure it's just me getting old. I've lived a fast life, you know, um, uh, you know, and, until I met my wife. <laughs> and, um, and, then, and then everything starts falling apart, you know. But, um, no, it was really weird. And a, a friend of mine, one of my native friends, um, 
he was he had made a post on Facebook where he had just gotten these shots in his hand, steroid shots. He goes, Yeah, I had to get this done. I had this thing called trigger finger. I'm like, what the hell is that? And he as he was describing it, I'm like, I've got that. Oh my gosh, mm. I'm gonna have to get shots? What the hell is this? And so I was talking to him and, and uh you know, I immediately I have a doctor friend <laughs> that I bug a lot, <laughs> you know. And I uh immediately started sending off uh my wife DMs to my doctor friend. And they're like, yeah, it happens to people sometimes. There's tendons in your hand that control your finger. Try doing this stretching exercise um, every morning, you know, and where you bend the finger back. All this. It's not yoga, not what you do by any means. But I don't. I'm not dismissing what you do or anything. I'm just telling people stretching this. Since I started doing it, the problem stopped. And I'm like, wow, stretching works. So if that could work for my old gnarled finger here, imagine if you did it your whole body. I mean, probably be imagine nice, that. You know? <laughs> imagine <laughs> that. Yeah, I'm a believer. I'm a believer, folks. Um, you know, I think so it's a little bit you. like you. Yeah, I was just thinking like at the beginning of the pandemic, a lot of people parked their cars in their driveways. And they didn't drive them for a long time because, you know, there was no place to go, nothing, nothing open. And, you know, then people, um, you know, jump in their car a while later and the cars don't work. And, it's, you know, it's like the you can over you can overuse something and create injury by overuse, but you can also create injury by underuse. And, you know, it's, it's sort of that same That's idea. It's like by, by doing the stretching and stuff like that, you're keeping the optimal functioning of your muscles and you know all of the all of the parts of your body that help you to move through the world and have amazing experiences oh i'm telling you i'm telling you we have some friends that do yoga and, and you know teach it and do this kind of stuff and whatnot and um you know they're very ha- it's, it's working for them you know what i mean i i can't uh, you know, I, I don't put it down at all because I, I, I'm results-oriented. If something's working that somebody's doing, I'm like, you know, hey, uh, even my wife's crystals, I joke, you know. If that helps somebody, more power to them. If it's getting the result that they want, hey, whatever, <laughs> you know, whatever. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, if somebody's interested, because I don't have a link. I've got links up on our show page to everything, Aria or Ariel Silver, what am I saying? Ariel Silver, um, you know, your website, your Facebook, Instagram. I don't have one for the yoga stuff. We even have your X link up here. I, I don't know why it's not my, called Twitter, but it's called X. Um, oh, that's funny. <laughs> but we need to. All my X. I all my X is on Twitter. <laughs> yep, we have a link to that. They've, they've formed a, a, a feed, and uh, they write about you. No, I'm you probably, I can't even imagine you having an ex, you know, maybe from first grade <laughs> or something. But, um, you know, we'll put a link up. I'll, I'll post, a, I'll blast a link out if you have a uh, uh, a yoga website uh, that I will find here. And, uh, yeah, I'll blast out to anybody. People, like if somebody lives far away or something, like they're in France or someplace, they can um, take a class or whatnot with you guys. Yeah, like totally. Yeah, we've had people. Yeah, we have a yoga student who lives in Los Angeles, but she's from Denmark. And when she goes back home to visit her family, she uh, takes classes. We have another uh, student who logs in from Spain 
Um, just the other day I was teaching and there was someone from New York. I mean, there's a time difference, obviously, so they're practicing. You know, I'm teaching a 9 a.m. class and they're practicing at 6 p.m., you know, their local time. Right. But um, but it, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, I love it when, when folks – there's actually a, a woman who regularly is in my Friday morning class and she lives in uh, upstate New York. So, yeah, people from all over the place. Most of them are from this area, but, yeah. Well, I'm telling you, uh, especially people my age, they're, uh, everybody I meet has some kind of pain or something they're dealing with. And um, I bet if I ask all of them, oh, did you take a yoga class? They'd say no. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, send them over to my Stretch them over my, to my finger every yoga. morning. That's yeah. right. And it's working. Uh-huh. And now, folks, a couple quick messages from some of our show sponsors. Stay tuned. We'll be back with the rest of the interview after these quick messages. Listen to this cool episode ad-free. If you're a VIP member, you can become one on my website, www.jamierocks.us, www.jamierox.us. Metal Babe Mayhem is more than just an online store, it's a destination. MetalBabeMayhem.com carries over 150 rock and roll products, including clothing, jewelry, and accessories. Metal Babe Mayhem also offers shrine clothing and alchemy gothic jewelry. In addition, Metal Babe Mayhem founder Allison Metal Babe Cohen is a rock and roll journalist who supports local and national artists with rock and reviews, interviews, playlists, networking, and more. Metal Babe Babe Mayhem is taking over the world one shirt at a time. My Love Shack Apothecary online shop has everything you need to build a special gift for yourself or someone who needs a little pampering. I hand make all of the products in small batches using only plant-based ingredients and therapeutic grade essential oils. Whether you choose one of my curated sets or want to build a custom gift set, My Love Shack Apothecary has everything you need to send a little sunshine to someone today. Please visit us online at www.loveshackapothecary.com. That's www.loveshackapothecary.com. As well as online on Instagram and Facebook. Links are in our website. Support for this podcast comes from the University of Texas MD Anderson Cancer Center, ranked one of the top cancer centers in the nation for the last 27 years. The doctors at MD Anderson treat more rare cancers in a single day than many physicians see in a lifetime, and treatment plans are tailored to an individual patient's needs, allowing more comprehensive and thorough care. To become a patient, please visit makingcancerhistory.com. Aloha. 
If you have stress in your life or even anxiety and panic, I want to invite you to the Anxiety Coaches Podcast for a way out. The Anxiety Coaches Podcast is a relaxing and inspiring show bringing you lifestyle changes to calm your nervous system and help you heal. Heal anxiety, panic, and PTSD for life. We bring you two episodes every week. There's no need to walk this path alone. Join us for a relaxing, informative, and inspiring time and start your journey out of anxiety panic. That's anxietycoachespodcast.com. Aloha. Rucks Gear, the online webshop of high-end luxury merchandise and products. All featuring original pop art paintings. From La Holla to Miami to London, www.merch.jamierocks.us. Hey, now speaking, shifting it back to um, music, we've got three singles. We really want to play these because they're all so good. Um, I, I like these all a lot. Um, we've got uh, Bramble Vine, Ricky Lee, and Ghost Ships. What should we play mm-hmm. first, do you think, Ariel? Uh, oh, um, let's do a – oh, goodness. Ricky Lee comes out tomorrow. Um, let's go ahead and do that one right now. Why not? Let's just jump in and get a okay. preview of, of that song. Nice. Well, here it is. We're going to play it, and we're going to talk about it. And we're hearing it, folks, first, because this is uh, – you're not first, but ahead of schedule – Drop tomorrow. This is Ricky Lee, Ariel Silver. Check this out, everybody. One, two, one. You 
And there we go, folks. That was Ricky Lee. Ricky Lee by Ariel Silver. That drops tomorrow, Ariel. How cool is that? It does. It's very cool. I'm excited. <laughs> and the uh, and it has a it has a music video that we that we made or that I made. I I connected with um, two friends of mine, husband and wife couple. The husband is a cinematographer and uh, director of photography. He does a lot of music videos and he does commercial shoots. And the wife Nicole nice. Riviere, she is a choreographer and a dancer. Um, and they both live out here in L.A., and I met them through the yoga world years ago. Um, I was kind of stepping away from music. I was feeling burned out on pursuing music. It's, Mm. you know, art and commerce. It's hard to, you know, it's a lot of effort to navigate that intersection. And and she was also, she was going through a period of time where she was burning out on her professional dance career. So we were both getting into yoga and starting to become yoga teachers at that time. And then fast forward a few years later, I had come back to music, she'd come back to dance, and we've always talked about doing something together. And so when this song came up, we started talking about creating a music video. And so Sasha, the husband, um, shot the video. He he came up with a couple of ideas for it, and we, we shot it, and it's premiering today on the publication Twangville, and then tomorrow it will be available along with the single pretty much everywhere, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, Amazon, wherever you, wherever nice. you listen and watch music. Yeah. So Nice. I'll blast it out tomorrow when it drops. I will blast out. Very, very cool. Yeah. Well, the video's not out yet, right? It drops tomorrow and along with the Drops single. tomorrow. Drops tomorrow. Yeah. Nope. Yep. Sorry, I'm a little slow sometimes. Um, you know, uh, <laughs> it's, it's the trigger finger, folks, is what it is. Uh, <laughs> That sounds so much cooler than, you know, in my life as a John Wick assassin before becoming a painter. No, it's nothing cool like that at all. Um, anyhow, what a great, that's cool. And people will be able to pick up the single. That's going to be everywhere, Spotify, all that kind of stuff. They'll be able to buy the yep. craft. Nice. They will be able to get it, yeah, on Bandcamp and uh, iTunes. They can download the track. And then, of course, uh, on October 6th, the, the full album drops. So that's going to be coming out um, on CD and vinyl. I'm taking pre-orders for both of those now on my website. So if people are interested in, you know, spinning it on a translucent 180-gram limited edition vinyl or CD with full lyrics and liner notes on the inside, they can go ahead and order that. But, um, but for right now, digital only until the album drops. That's fantastic. That is so cool. You know, I was just talking to somebody about this and, and trying to explain to somebody. I think they're like 25 or something. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. But I was trying to explain to them how when I was a, a kid a million years ago, <laughs> that's how we found out about bands. There was no Internet. There was no Facebook. This is even before MySpace, is you would read the liner notes. And it's weird because we would, in some weird, twisted way, we're like, oh, look, Bob such-and-such produced this. He also produced such that's something exactly right. you know. It was so yeah, awesome because we could, like, create a map of the constellation. Like, you know, it was like creating right. constellations of, the, of, like, who played with what. And you and I in the break, while the listening audience was listening to Ricky Lee, um, you and I were talking about how my husband is a composer and also a bass player and mm-hmm. piano and keyboard player. And, 
you know, if, if people read the liner notes, if they are looking at the CD or the vinyl, they'll see that, you know, oh, yeah, you know, Darby played bass on all this stuff, and the record was produced by Shane Alexander, who also produced A Thousand Tiny Torches. You know, it's like you start to, like, map Absolutely. out the world. And then through that, they would find, you know, that that Darby Orr, who's Ariel's husband that plays on this record, is also a composer, and they'll be able to find his music. And then the producer, Shane Alexander, they'll be able to find his music because he's a song, singer-songwriter, too. It's like this whole world. I used to have my CD... Um, my CD shelves not organized alphabetically because um, that would have enabled anybody to find whatever they were looking for. But I organized it based on my own. I, I, I organized it based on association so I could find the records that I wanted because it was like, oh, right. yeah, Gen- Jennifer, Jennifer Kimball's record was right next to Jonathan Brooks' record because the two of them – used to be in a duo together called The Story. And, you know, it was like I would put associated artists together. So, you know. Um, i got to you know. tell you, Ariel, the only people that I know that do that are DJs. <laughs> you know, oh, interesting. But all of my DJ friends, you look at their, their, their crate, uh, usually a milk crate, uh, filled with fun. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, how do you find anything? And they go into it like that. Well, like exactly what you said, that's a map of the constellation. It's so That's right. You know. It makes no sense to someone else looking for the record. They're not going to be able to find it, but the DJ can find what they're looking for because it's like, you know, kind of free association. Like, what's the the next association? It's sometimes hard to actually, even in my mind, to pull up somebody's name. But I'm like, oh, yeah, but they played bass with that person on that record. Right. So absolutely. You know. Absolutely. Well, that's, you know, my younger friends, they, they, they always ask me, they're like, you know, you know, like you are the eighties guy, you know, every, I'm like, because I spent my entire teenage years reading liner notes, man. That's right. while listening to the music, you know, that's well, how that's we got the other thing is that That's the other thing is that you, we would listen to albums, you know, we would listen to the radio, but we, but if we mm-hmm. weren't listening to the radio, we were listening, we were putting an album on. It was one or the other, and then the in-between was like a mixtape. But, you know, for the most part, you would put an album on, and while you were listening to this artist and, you know, getting all the different sides of them, you know, the ballad side and mm-hmm. the rockin' side and, you know, the sparser side or the more produced side, you would be listening to all that and also reading liner notes and looking at the pictures and getting a sense of what is their, you know, branding of, you know, what are what are the colors and the looks and the edges yeah. and, you know, we would kind of create this whole three-dimensional thing. But nowadays it's like we turn on Spotify and, you know, I could be listening to 50 artists. And the pictures and pop right just, there, yeah. I, yeah, but it's just like going by, you know, it's just like, you know, I put on, you Ooh. know, some kind of like folk Americana playlist and it's like, Oh, boom, boom, boom. And I don't know anything about the artists. I like, I might like their music, but I don't really know unless I, well, the weird you know, thing with the streaming algorithms, I think, and I, you know, I could be totally wrong on this. I'm not in the music business at all. And uh, I'm not in the streaming business, uh, you know, other than our little podcast here, but it's, you know, I've, I've heard people say, I don't listen to the radio that much. 
because all everything sounds the same. And I'm like, well, the reason hmm. it sounds the same is because the algorithm thinks you like such and such, so it's going to play a bunch of stuff that sounds like that, you know, uh, hmm. as far as per minute and, you know, all the metadata. But it's uh, – and I, it's weird. I, it leads one to think, then, are the musicians, the artists themselves, saying, well, you know, I want – a billion streams. Maybe I need to make something that sounds like whatever Taylor Swift did latest, you know? You know, uh, I think that there, there is, I mean, in any industry, there is, you know, there's the individual creator and then there's the marketplace of what the marketplace is asking for or what the marketplace trends right. are. And I think that, you know, in the music industry, it's the same where, you have some people that are writing music or producing music for a, a specific marketplace, whether it's the EDM market or the hip-hop market or the folk Americana, whatever mm-hmm. it might be. And so they, you know, they make creative choices to situate themselves in that market. Um, and then there are other musicians and songwriters who are not paying, they don't care about the market. They are just, checking in with themselves, what do I need, what do I feel like I need to write at this moment. And I think that for my own self, um, you know, I'm aware of both of those, both of those, you know, forces, I guess. For me, I'm more driven by when I'm writing a song, it's like, what do I need to express right now? What is the story I want to tell? And what is the mission of this song? Like when it's out of me and and like... And in someone else's ears, what is the purpose of this song in the world? Is it going to, is it going to create healing? Is it going to energize someone? Is it going to be poignant and cathartic? Like, what is the mission of this song? I'm less driven, for better or worse, I'm less driven by um, what is the current trend in the folk Americana, um, right. <laughs> you know, marketplace. You know, I I don't. I don't lean on that. I don't lean toward that side um, for better or worse. You know? No. <laughs> because she's a Boston girl, folks. That's what it used to be. You know, used to be. That's <laughs> Got a little punk streak in her. Uh, you know, I know what I'm <laughs> Oh, man. Hanging out at Man Ray. That's what she was doing back in the day. No, you're too young for that. Um Anyhow, wait, what, 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 the, uh, wait, what did you just, what did you say? Oh, I said you were hanging out at Man Ray. That was the cool. Man Ray, I remember off. Man Ray. I think they, I think you and I talked about it. this last yeah. time. They did. Oh, oh, yeah, I, I had been, I went to Man Ray a couple of times. It was right across from the Middle East, um, and right next to, yeah, which was, was right next to TT the Bears. Yeah, that was yeah. a great little block where <laughs> you could get. You know? Yeah, the rat. That's right. Oh, I, Three dollar potato pancakes. Yeah, that, that was is the. Funny. Uh, the crazy thing yeah, about Man Ray was it was um you know it was a club like for those listening uh it, it was a, your basic club you know a lot of a lot of guys in eyeliner and uh, black varnish nail polish sucking in their cheeks. Yeah, it was a goth. Um, it was, it was a goth. It was yeah, goth and um all that stuff. Yeah, a lot of weirdos. Um, a lot of fishnets on the arms. Uh, but what would happen is the, the last, I think it was the orange line, they went out to like Jamaica Plain or whatever, um, 
it was one of those. But the last tea thing stopped. Run- so if you were there during the week, um, midnight was when the last tea uh, subway there in Boston, or well, the train because it's above ground, also the majority of it. Anyway, that would stop running. So the whole club would empty out. There'd be like 12 people left after midnight <laughs> because right, all these yeah. people had to get the train to go home. Um, otherwise, I mean, it was Boston a long is- walk. Boston is so close to New York. It's like a five-hour drive from New York. And I think that because Boston is such a significant city, when we lived in Boston, we thought it was a major city, which it's a smaller city than New York. And so I remember the trains, they would stop at midnight, and we'd be like, come on now. New York would, you know, they had their trains run all night. Why do our trains stop at midnight? But now that I think about it, Boston's just really cute. Like, it's not that big of a city. It's it's really cute. No, you know, you got to no. go to bed at midnight. That's the kind of city it is. Absolutely. It, the weird thing about Boston when I was there was, um, and the same thing, I can say the same thing about San Diego and L.A., is it's kind of like the little brother, you know what I mean? And it's 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 charming and, and everything. But it's, it ain't, you know, if you want to go out, you're going to New York. You're making that Yeah, but Boston, Boston, yeah, but Boston has spunk. If it's the younger brother, it's a spunky younger brother. Boston's That's got very true. It's That's got its spunk, true. and you know, I, I, I love, I love Boston, and um, you know, oh, whenever absolutely. I go back there, whenever I go back there, I'm like, oh my people, this is awesome, you know. Um, <laughs> Absolutely. You know, and it's funny, people ask me, I always, I grew up in Detroit, and I always bag on Detroit. I get emails every time I do from people saying, it's changed, it's not the same, you know, there's, I don't see one burning car right now. Believe me, it was rough when I was a kid. Um, Great, I'm glad to hear that. But I got to tell you, people are like, well, what's the difference between Detroit and Boston? I'm like, on a scale from one to ten, Boston's like a two, and Detroit's like an eight in are you going to live or not? <laughs> you know, is gunfire going to happen at this club? Um, Detroit hmm. rough, man. It was, it wow. was bad. Um, but, you know, you, you, it's no surprise. The factories were closed. People were out of work. Uh, you know, crime was, you know, it, it had an unemployment rate of like, I don't know, 40-some percent or something. At some point. It was crazy. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, still a lot of good music, though. Hey, we're getting far afield. We got to play another track. We got Bramble Vine and Ghost Ships. What should we go with next? Let's go with um, let's go with Bramble Vine. Okay, I like this track a lot, uh, Ariel. I like the video a lot on it as well. Very cool video. Oh. And I just uh, when I got your press kit, this was you know you came with. Uh, tracks and, and a couple links to videos and I clicked on this and I just just loved it. This is the first one I heard up in New work. Yeah, it's fantastic. Here it is, folks. This is Ariel Silver, Ramble Vine. Check this out.
If they are going to come out to a show, I would love to sell them one of these things and put a signature on it and meet people. I nice. love that. Yeah. I mean, if people are coming out to nice. a show, they can they can buy the merch right out of the show. I don't I don't travel with the uh, – there's some apparel that is on the store that you can get on my website. I don't travel with hoodies and T-shirts and things like that. It's just too much. But I will have the music stuff um, and, and a couple oh, of delights. Cool. So, yeah, so people very, can, you know, very. browse the store and order that way or come out to a show. That would be awesome. Absolutely. A lot of people always ask me, they're like the bands and the musicians and stuff you have on the show, Jamie, where's the best place? How do I, you know, I, I've that heard. That's a really great say, well, point. Yeah. Yeah. People I don't know how to the band support themselves. musicians. 
Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, folks, the reality is, is and Ariel will tell you this, when she's on tour, any band, when any band's on tour, and they're rolling into a place, and the venue, you know, has done what it can to promote. But you have to understand, they've got 30 nights a month to fill. You know what I mean? They probably do the best they can and whatnot. But a lot of times it's the bands that do the promotion themselves whilst traveling, whilst playing, <laughs> while writing the next song. You know, I mean, there's a lot to Jamie, it. Jamie, you and, know uh, it. You know it. Totally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's just—it's so, such a cool—it's—it's it's such a cool feeling. I'm telling you, in my world, in the art world, when it, when you're stuck in a gallery, and you know, a whole crowd of people's there to see that you've drawn in there, it's a good feeling to look at that gallery owner or club owner or you know venue owner or whatever, and and they're they're happy and you're happy and people are happy. Uh, it, it's there's no better feeling, <laughs> you know, because I've had shows where that wasn't the case. And, uh, yeah, oh, man, crazy, crazy, crazy. Um, the next track we're going to play, Ariel, is, again, one of my favorites. I uh, I like all three of these, but I, I saw the video. I watched the video for um, Ghost Ships I'm talking about, and I was blown away. I thought this, I, I said, man. This is amazing. Ariel spent some money on this. This is fantastic. Um, and then I, after I was amazed with it, I immediately rewatched it a second time and listened to it. And I'm like, wow, this is this is a strong track. Uh, this is Thank worth. You. I put money on it. Yeah, this is a great <laughs> track. Um, Thank you. Tell yeah, us a little the, bit about um, it and we'll play it. Yeah, so this song, it's sort of like art begets art begets art begets art. So this song uh, started as a short story, an essay that I wrote um, that was published in a magazine a couple years ago. And then I was was sitting around with my guitar and I was like, you know, I want to see if I can capture like another element of this same story. And so I went back and I read the story and, um, you know, kind of put myself back in the mindset of when the story took place in my own life, which was when I was living in Boston. And, um, and so the song came out and then I, you know, of course worked with the producer. We produced this beautiful track with uh, this cellist that I had met um, who's just wonderful and, you know, the whole band and everything. And then, you know, this story was still so visual in my mind and I pictured it as a stop motion animated track. I pictured it as this paper world. It's called Ghost Ships, and I imagined it was like paper, uh, like origami boats, and the boat Mm. itself um, became the protagonist, and so you would follow this one boat through this world, and it would illustrate the, the, um, you know, the kind of philosophical idea of the song, but also show the, the narrative of the story about it. And um, one of my yoga students uh, is a cinematographer, and she and her husband um, create stop-motion animated videos. They've created a video for Sia. They created another video for Michael Dublé. And I called her up, and I was like, I, you know, I I really want to make a stop-motion animated video. And she's like, you know, we are not going to be able to work with you on your indie music budget. But um, let me see if I can connect you with one of the people on our team and maybe the two of you together 
can um, can can work together. And so she hooked me up with this uh, filmmaker, Damon Wellner, who is also from Boston, and he lives nice. here in LA. Really? And he was the he was the animator for the Sia and Michael Bublé videos that they worked on together. And he was absolutely amazing. I I shared with him the song. I shared with him the idea that I had for the video. And he completely brought it to life. It took about three months of dedicated work. And, um, you know, there was a lot of back and forth. But really, he was magical in the way that he put it together. And sometime down the road, we're going to be releasing another video that's like a how, like a making of this video. And you'll be able to nice. see some of the, um, you know, the way that Damon actually created this magical paper world that you see in the video for Ghost Ships. So I'm so glad that you it's as so a visual cool. artist love this video. Yeah. I, I loved it. And you got the cat in there on the piano bench. That's I, my um... cat. That's my cat. And and that was actually, <laughs> um, Damon came to my house to shoot some of the footage. And, you know, most of what you're seeing in that is from my living room and dining room. The piano is from another house that I was playing a house concert at, and I took a couple of pictures of the piano for this video. But after Damon left the day that he came to shoot the footage at my house, um, he he texted me and he's like, man, I wish I'd gotten some footage of your cat. I love that cat. <laughs> I was like, I love that cat too. Ah. Let me shoot some, some footage of her. And so we got her in a starring role in the uh, opening of the of the video. Nice, nice. And I love the Victrola in there. My parents had one just like, it took me right back when I saw that. I was like, wow, I hadn't thought about that thing in forever. Um, one of those I am pieces standing of right next to it. Have. I'm telling you, my yeah. parents, it never got played. It never got used. I grew up next to one. <laughs> It just looks pretty. Yeah, no, it's all it is. Yeah, they're they're um, beautiful. But, it's a beautiful piece of furniture. Yeah, I'm standing right next to it right here in my house. Amazing. Amazing. Well, here it is, folks. Check this out. Go shoot. And as you know, as you know, folks, I um I, I play a music video usually after I do the show while I'm doing all the uh, post-production work and getting it ready to turn into a podcast and all that. And I usually post a video on my social media feed. And today we'll be posting a video of Ghost Ships. So you'll see the video too, but you can hear it right here. Here it is. Check this out. We talked forever About a blue house in a magazine The orange flames of maple trees in fall We'd fix the cellar, piano in the living room, a bookcase and curtains in the hall. I made a scrapbook in my mind, a future Maybe you 
Ladies and gentlemen, what a track. That was Ghost Ships, Ariel Silver. Ariel, I love it. I love it. I love the track. I love the video. I love the story. I want to see the making of the video thing. I can't wait to see that. That's so cool. I'm a sucker for that kind of stuff, though, you know? I know. Well, aren't we all like HGTV? Everybody wants to know how something is made, right? Absolutely. During the pandemic, I got in this weird kick. And I'm not even in the music business. I mean, all of my cool friends are musicians, but um, I've always been. They're the ones who always threw the best parties, but they're just were the most interesting. Um, painters are too weird. You know what I mean? But musicians That's are funny. They're weird enough, but weird in a cool way. But I got in this kick where I was watching this, this YouTube channel uh, about music production. Mm. I had no idea. Music. Music's hard, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I picked the easy art. Hell, I didn't need to paint the canvas. Easy peasy compared to music. Oh, my gosh. I had no idea. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, no. yeah it is. <laughs> Inexpensive. Oh, my gosh. 
start talking about I know, about and it takes place over time. I mean, music is, it takes place over time. And so when you're talking about music production, it's like if you, if you, if there's something that you need to fix, you need to go back to that time and over and over and over and over and over, listen to the song over and over and over. It's like, you know, a, a three minute song is, you know, I, I don't know what the math yeah. is, like how many, how many hours per second <laughs> of that song, of you know, but hundreds, yeah. Thousands of hours, you know, it's so true. It's so true. Yeah. yeah. But I, and it takes the listener, you know. Oh, you know, I love it. Yeah. Yeah. It is so interesting to me. So interesting. Hey, once again, folks, aerialsilvermusic.com. That's where you need to go and check it out. And also um, the tour. Click on the tour because um, it, it's going to be listed here. Um, you know, everything she Look at this, man. Even I'm listed. Even little <laughs> me is listed on. I, it's amazing. You, um, yeah. How cool is this? Well, this is a nice website, Ariel. I like it. Oh, uh, I thank you. Thank easy you. to navigate. Yeah. Yeah, all my weirdo artist friends, they always have the worst websites. They're like, did you see my website? I'm like, yeah, I couldn't get into it. And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, it's just a tree. Well, did you give the monkey in the tree a banana? And then that'll get you to, I'm like, oh, no, I'm an old man, man. I need something easy. This is easy to navigate. This is a great website. Whoever made your website, Ariel, buy them a cup of coffee next time you see them because they earned it. <laughs> a good I will buy myself a cup of coffee in that case because well, I built my website. There you go. <laughs> there you go. Don't stop a cop. Get a new pair of shoes or something, you know? <laughs> um, very cool. Well, this is amazing. And, folks, you, um, if you're in L.A., October 6th is the place to be, the uh, Hotel Cafe on the main stage. That's where you want to go. That's where you want to be. Uh, that is the party. Uh, very. That's the Watershed album release party for those not keeping up. Um, very cool. Ariel, keep doing what you're doing, man, because it's working. <laughs> you know, seriously. This is Thank awesome. you, Jamie. Thanks. Thanks doing. Thanks for doing what you're doing. I really appreciate the time. That's just like hanging out with you and talking. What a great way to spend a little bit of time today. You know, I. I I do the show purely for selfish reasons because I just get inspired hanging out with people that are doing cool stuff, you know, and, and you're one of those, um, it, you know, it's, uh, I can't even imagine you having a bad day. Hey folks, and all the social media links on her website, just scroll down to the bottom here. They're all there and, uh, you know, click on them all. Bandcamp's a good one. Bandcamp's a good one. If you're going to buy stuff, I don't want to tell people, you know, you can Google this yourself, but um, it takes a lot of streams on certain streaming websites to, uh, to for Ariel to make as much as she makes with a shirt, <laughs> you know, or a, or a translucent vinyl CD or a album sale. So, uh, you know, help the buy direct when you can, you know, and uh, that helps a lot, helps a lot. Very cool. Well, folks, we're going to wrap it up. We will be back on Saturday. I know uh, for the week we've been saying Friday night. We've moved Friday's show to Saturday afternoon. So uh, Melody Sutter is going to be on Saturday. Just uh, This just happened before uh, we did the show here. The details are on my website, uh, poprockradio.com, and you can uh, get all those links and whatnot. And listen to this uh, the podcast of this in about an hour. So there you go. Ariel, 
thanks so much for uh, being on the show. You, you really, you, you know, you class the joint up around here. Seriously. Very, very cool. Jamie, your podcast is well named because Jamie, you rock. Thank you so much for having me. Well, thank you. And folks, we will see you next time. Have a good one. Bye. This has been pop art painter Jamie Rocks' Pop Rocks Radio Talk Show. It has been executive produced by Jamie Rocks, recorded at his studio in Deerfield Beach in South Florida. All rights reserved by Pop Rocks Limited for broadcast on Blog Talk Radio. Tana Oli Pop Rocks Radio. Estás escuchando Jamie Rocks de Pop Rocks Radio. Manténganse al tanto. Hey, det här är Hicks från Sverige och ni lyssnar till Pop Rocks Radio med Jamie Rocks. Blog Talk Radio.